When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. Hey, do you have an idea for a podcast but don't know where to start? Or do you have an already existing podcast that you want to take to the next level? Well, check out WeKnowPodcasting.com. From concept development to theme music to editing to logos, WeKnowPodcasting.com is a one-stop shop for all things pod. Don't hesitate to hit us up. We're very nice. We're here to entertain you. We'll sing your song. Soon you'll be swaying, so come on, sing along. Hello and welcome to another episode of Before My Time. I'm your host, Gelsey Laurie, and this week we are talking about Pompeii. Not just the city of Pompeii itself, but of course the tragic disaster day of Mount Vesuvius erupting and destroying Pompeii. Let's just do it. It was the jewel of our empire. People of Pompeii! Let the games begin! Okay, so when I first said to you, Matt, one day, I forget how, like, I was like, I love Pompeii. And you were like, I love Pompeii. And I was like, yeah, it's so funny. The reason as a kid that I got so into the history of Pompeii was because this one time in Virginia, I was at a theme park, Bush Gardens, and you like interrupted me and were like, and then you went on the Pompeii ride. And I was like, yes. And it's this one little like, for those of you who've not been to Bush Gardens, it's, it's basically a, you go up water ride up into a building and as you're like going around the kind of U shape you're inside and it's as Pompeii is or Mount Vesuvius is erupting and so Pompeii's falling apart and you're like barely getting out and like buildings are falling on you and there's like ash falling and then right at the last minute you do a big water drop and the ride's over it's really like not that long a ride but I I literally went on it 
seven months ago. Oh, I'm so jealous. I, I got to tell you, as much as it's a cheap, probably 20-year-old ride, it's still like I jumped two or three times. Like the, the sound design is really good. And yeah, it is. It gets hot in that ride because. Yeah, you're like, I am in Pompeii. I think yeah, the ride's like called flame, Escape from Pompeii. Am it's I called right? Escape from Pompeii. There's yeah, flames and, and that you blow feel up like beside you, are... you. And it's <laughs> it's, it's nice. It, and it and is. Hey. It's not even the biggest drop. Like, especially it's it's like a fourth of Splash Mountain probably drop wise. If that. But like. look what it did. It opened a young child into wanting to learn about this catastrophe in ancient history. Because after I went on that, I went home and I went to our school library and I checked out every single book on Pompeii because I was like, <laughs> I think I'd been like, dad, what is this ride? And he was explaining it. And I was like, wait, what? I was like, there's yeah. this ancient civilization and they like burned to death and covered in ash and like frozen time because of the vault. I need to learn everything about this. And I had a little bit of like a morbid side to me. And we've talked about this too with human morbid fascination. I It's just, I heard about it and I was like, I need to know everything. So I did a couple book reports on it. And <laughs> there was like this really good book that was a children's book to teach you about Pompeii, which what fucker thought that was a good idea? They're like, <laughs> let's write a children's book about these people dying. You know, what's the weirdest so. thing about Pompeii though, for me is that I think for many years, I didn't think it was an actual event because, oh. because because in my brain, I also connected it with like the lost city of Atlantis. <laughs> and I was like, okay, oh, it's just like the opposite of this of, of Atlantis. Like Atlantis like drowned. And, yeah. Like so and I like they burned. Yeah. So I just assumed that they were both different myths. And it wasn't until way later that I'm like, oh no, Pompeii actually happened. <laughs> like, well, I can tell you, Matt, I have seen it twice with my own eyes, and it is oh so very real. And I geeked out. I was with, um, I was working on cruise ships at the time, and we were doing the Italian coast. So we went to Naples, and it's about, I want to say, like under an hour bus drive to Pompeii, like 40 something minutes. And the first time I went on a tour and like turned the corner, and you see like the long street. And it's just crumbled kind of, but you it's still very much there. I, I, oh my gosh, no one knew why I was freaking out so much. They're like, yeah, it's ruins. This is cool. But I was like, you guys don't understand. Like we're at Pompeii. It was the fucking coolest thing ever. It's a beautiful, I mean, it was a huge city. I mean, not huge, but it was quite big. Well, we'll go back a little bit in history. The first time it's mentioned in history is um, 310 BCE, which, what is that? What is BCE? I don't know. I know what BC is. What is E? Maybe that's that that middle period where Jesus was alive. So CE stands for common or current era, while BCE stands for before the common or current era. These abbreviations have a shorter history than BC and AD, although they still date back to at least the early 1700s. So I think that basically BCE and BC are just the same thing, essentially. I like to think of that as like before the common era, era. like yeah. today's the common era. And so it's before. Yeah, no shit. It was before right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, it was a long time ago. But that was the first time it was mentioned. But um, they kind of notate that settlers would have habitated, 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 lived there in the 8th century BC. Oh, my gosh, you guys, I'm having a real problem with my linguists. I feel bad. I'm keeping that Linguistic one. skills. <laughs> Damn it. It was first settled by Greek colonists. So now it is in, in Italy and outside of Naples, but it 
originally was Greek and they found a lot of that in early, you know, when they dug, dug, dug some of the architecture of the original um, settling, you can tell is Greek. They were allies of Rome. They were allies. They were like, what's up? What's up? And then there was a war. Things didn't go well. And then Rome was like, cute. I think at one point they put a bunch of soldiers there first before they actually became part of Rome. I mean, it, you know, and, and what it is now. And and I, we didn't, I didn't dive super deep into that, obviously. That's all right. But I'm following you so far. That's all that matters. Let's good. Go. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Tell me when you're like, Kelsey, what the actual fuck. So let's talk about it. it is in the Providence of Naples. It's kind of in a bay there. So if you want to look up a little map right now, this is an interactive podcast. You can see it is south of Naples and it's, it's in this kind of big bay area. So it is um, close to the water on the water there. It's actually on the water. And um, because of that, their agriculture was incredible. It also because they're on a volcano, like, Anywhere near volcanoes um, seem to do very well with agriculture, be it um, – I think it was the Canary Islands is all volcano and they have a lot of wine there. Santorini in Greece is um, was a volcano and, and they grow a lot of wine. Um, I sound like a real dick naming all the places I've been. I'm like, let me talk about all the volcanoes I've seen. <laughs> Obviously, Hawaii is very lush, so – there is that, but because they were close to water and on the, that, it's their agriculture was the shit. And they boomed with trade, you know, because they have that and then they also are by the water. It was just a huge port for that. Um, it did attract the wealthy, though. Once it was a up and running, you know, city and it wasn't, you know, after all this war shit I talked about, <laughs> it attracted the wealthy because it was such a beautifully built up, you know, they had grand private buildings, theaters, amphitheaters, bathhouses. There were giant statues of gods found, um, private residences, wolf dens, which are the brothels. We'll get into that later. I'm now going to rename my room the wolf den. I like that. Just, isn't that great? <laughs> I know. You know, people lived there full time, but it also was served as a vacation kind of resort destination. There was um, a few emperors that were known to vacation there. Could you imagine if you like planned your vacation? There's still, it's not 100% sure when um, Mount Vesuvius actually erupted, but it seems to be, they think, between like late August to October. There's a couple different accounts of why they think it might be one or the other. I think originally they thought August and then they found something new that they were like, oh shit, was it October? But that's within a few months. So it's still very close to each other. But yeah, could you imagine being like, I'm going to plan my vacation and you go like the the month that the volcano fucking erupts? Well, so what a bummer. We'll, get, we'll get there. There's that part of me that's curious. Like you were able to go to Pompeii and mm -hmm. walk around Pompeii. And there's part of me that's like, but like, what if it goes off again? <laughs> like, well, no, I, I honestly like I, so I, and I think, I think I want to say it was because of Pompeii and learning about it at such a young age, either that and, or I'm going to sound like a dick again, going to Hawaii at a young age. And I think we went to see a volcano and I don't know which one came first in my education of like learning what the fuck a volcano is. And I remember being, we were in Hawaii and, and. I was so scared. I was like, but how do – like, why wouldn't this volcano erupt? Like, yeah. what – and I, I I, remember being up at night just, like, in bed. Like, I couldn't sleep because I was so scared. And so it kind of has this, like, little phobia of, like, dude, these things could just go off. Like, and then in the hundreds and thousands of years, they'll be learning about us. But there is – they consider um, Mount Vesuvius – and I've been saying Mount Vesuvius – that Mount Vesuvius is the volcano – 
that erupted and destroyed Pompeii. It is about 10 miles from the town um, and it is still there and it is still an active volcano. So this very much did cross my mind when we were there. I was like, guys, what if today's the day? What is considered um, a danger zone, which is a closer a radius to Mount Vesuvius. It's surrounded by 600,000 people, but 3 million people live close enough to it to be affected. And okay. I'm like, why would you live there? I know Naples is like a very busy, bustling city. And it is anywhere that is in maybe not so much the danger zone, but in the vicinity to be affected. It's gorgeous. I mean, on the other side of kind of the bay there, you have the Amalfi Coast, which is stupid stunning. And then Naples is a really cool, I mean, their pizza is delicious, but I, I wouldn't want to live in P- uh, Naples. What a, what a shit, like that's a crazy <laughs> town, but a lot of people, I mean, it's very condensed and live on top of each other. And I know some people don't have a choice where they live, but I would be like, get me the hell away from this volcano. Like it is the last time it went off was 1944. Obviously it didn't go off enough to like destroy the towns, but there were some casualties like the, the few times it has over the you know, every couple hundred years, it'll have kind of little like, eh, eh. that's my little baby volcano explosions, guys. It sounds um, about right. That's how I imagine. Yeah. Them, so. It's not like the degree <laughs> of like, destroy a whole town, but it still killed people. And, you know, buildings are destroyed sometimes. Or Now, I also understand that I live in Southern California and we have earthquakes and a lot of people have told me, why would you live there? But you're going to find natural disasters everywhere. Like, but... Like, I would not want to live by Mount Vesuvius. What? Yeah, what? that seems like I you're just, really taking a risk. Yeah, and I did. I actually, it's funny you said that because I did have that thought. And I am the person to be like, guys, what if today's the day? And they're like, Kelsey, what? like, shut up. And I'm like, but what if, like, we can't, you can't get away from it. Like, there's no, and that's why a lot of people died during um, the destruction of Pompeii. And again, we will get into the deaths and cause of death, but. It's that's scary. A little bit about the town too. Um, they had these these bathhouses. I mean, it's gorgeous. I'm kind of getting more into like the Roman culture of bathhouses that were these huge indoor. You know, they had a pool and it was kind of you just sit inside and it's like the spa. They basically had these like giant spas and there would be I think I don't remember if they're co-ed or not. But times where you know men hung out a lot together naked and nude in the ancient days. And I know the there was a days. lot more in the good old <laughs> days, but there was there was a lot more going around. I think there's actually a lot of historical writings that because, you know, obviously we know Rome is kind of like the epitome of pleasure and they had, you know, eat all you could, tons of brothels, throw up so you could eat more, drink wine. And I know there's a lot of men sleeping with each other because they were like, fuck, this feels great. And so I'm sure that was also going, you know, just living their best life and I'm for it. The amphitheater there is huge. It's beautiful. Um, When this podcast releases and I will make a note to remind myself, I'll post some photos of myself at Pompeii, but I, photos I actually took of, of the city and the amphitheater's quite large and beautiful. And so, you know, it's just a very cultured place. But what? I want to talk about the brothels for a second before we get into the destruction. So Of course you do. They kind of – yeah, I, I want to talk about these wolf dens, which – so they are called wolf dens, but they, they were actually called um, lupinars, which means wolf den. And they were considered to be um, – Pompeii had a grand lupinar because they had a giant one because, duh, Pompeii, they're getting down. And in the road, so there's a lot of different like kind of street signs within the stone and a lot of it is still there. So down the street, before you get to the Lupinar, there is a stone penis in the road 
and it's like an arrow. And so it's pointing <laughs> to where the wolf den is. And it's so like our tour guide, she'd always be like, andiamo. And we'd move forward. And she's like, okay, come here, come here, look down. And we're like, oh my God, it's a dick. <laughs> and there's just a dick in the road that's like, hey, go that way. That's fun. And so we go up and we're following the dick arrow and we go into this, you know, bone. all the stone is still there. And inside some of the photos on the wall or they're called like the murals on the wall are called Fresnos or sorry, Frescoes, not Fresno. (laughs) That's a city in California. Frescoes. And those are all the different murals. Um, And a lot of them survived the destruction. And, you know, a lot of things were kind of preserved from the ash and they kind of created these like barriers, which was really cool when they found it because they could see a lot of stuff still. So there are frescoes on the wall in the brothels. And it's almost like, I feel like we were joking. I don't know if my tour guide said this or if we were like, this is like McDonald's where there's like these little (laughs) stone cubicles. And obviously the stone is all there. So I don't know, you know, they probably had like cushions and curtains. I would hope so. But there are pictures on the walls and they're like different sex positions. And you can go in and be like, hmm, I'll take that one. I'll take a number three with a large fry. And then you go in like a tattoo. Yeah, (laughs) it is. And it's so, I think they said um, that there were some more like artwork that was found, but some was destroyed because when it was found, they're like, this is indecent or it was hidden for a while. But um, those paintings, and some of them are kind of like really faded and some are like only half of them on, but um, they, I did see them and they're not crazy like, oh, Kama Sutra shit, but you know, it's like, a beautiful babe in a toga lounging and a man on her. And you're like, that's the number two. That's so, so, I just, you know, that's so fucking that weird. I it's love so it. Fucking, but it's so I did weird. not expect to like, I was like, yeah, Pompeii and the amphitheater totally expected bathhouses, totally expected homes, roads, columns, and then a brothel with that. I was, I was blown away. That's why I think I, I get excited about it. Cause it's like the, thing that you wouldn't expect yeah never in um, a million years you right yeah <laughs> all the time in the had, world i would have never guessed I, right and then that's and of course that's like what we all talked about because we're like because <laughs> we're five um yeah, you're all children they really oh <laughs> hands down i'm a child they had quite an amazing aqueduct system too they had 25 water fountains a swimming pool private dwellings bathhouses. so their water system pump it was like the shit i want like i want to go back in time far enough before vesuvius goes off and spend a summer there. I want to go resort town it up there because it's pretty awesome. (laughs) Um, They also have like factories, obviously markets, cafes, but I thought that was pretty cool. It, um, well, we'll go into that later. Let's talk about, let's talk about people dying. Yeah, let's get, so yeah. Let's get into it. So do we have a specific date on when everything went down? Okay, so well, this is where sources are little because one one specifically is like around noon on August 24th, 79 CE is, is when they do it. But there was a few articles that are like, eh, it might have been October. But uh, 79 CE is when uh, the year – that honestly is – that doesn't even mean anything to me. And I'm a big history buff and I love this shit, but it's – I'm like, CE? Now we're into – I'm guessing that's BCE. We're back to this nonsense. But just being like, oh, the year was – 79 what like so long ago that it's just like my brain's just like oh yeah okay cool anyway so 79 ce mount vesuvius starts going off the the thing is is that they didn't know it was a volcano so we'll start there it's like why would they settle there they thought it was a mountain and they actually um the romans thought the mountain was divine with like a mythological meaning and they discovered that through some frescoes that they found that they were like oh they thought this was like oh they were like worshiping the mountain 
Yeah, and they at that point in time, they there was no knowledge of volcanoes. They did they the word for volcano did not exist. It wasn't. God, so they must until, have thought that the gods were so yep, angry. At they them. did. They thought <laughs> okay. they thought it was the gods like punishing them. The word volcano wasn't invented until 1610. Ironically, the word volcano comes from the Roman god of fire Vulcan. They would have thought if he was a Roman god of fire. It, the word now a volcano comes from that god, which they would have probably thought Vulcan's pissed yeah. or like, you know, it's like crazy. And there actually is now a festival on August 23rd called Volcania or was, sorry, obviously not anymore. <laughs> they used to have a festival on August 23rd. You don't celebrate Volcania? Um, so I'm just sorry, to... I must mark up my calendar. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm going to celebrate it. Well, to celebrate that god, because he wasn't like an angry god. It was one they, you know, he did a lot of good or whatever. I'm not, um, but they their tradition, you throw fish into the fire. So I don't know where you will all be this August 23rd, but I will be throwing fish into the fire, celebrating <laughs> Vulcan. <laughs> Thanks, thanks, Vulcan, for all your fire. 17 years before the eruption, though, there were there was a huge earthquake. So obviously before a volcano happens or not, obviously, sometimes you'll get some rumble rumble. So they had a pretty good shake 17 years before causing a pretty good damage that they had to repair. And it is thought to believe that not all the repairs were even done oh, God. by the time Vesuvius went off. So And there was a couple like aftershakes and, and tiny rumbles within the 17 years, but they didn't think anything of it because, again... They didn't even know what the fuck a volcano was. So how yeah, could they, they think? Like, the they probably were like, oh, the us. gods are talking <laughs> yeah. to us. Or yeah, it was just like, ooh. Or maybe they're just giving us a little hey. Like, you know, there just wasn't that knowledge. But now we, you know, with all the data and science we could do, we'd be like, oh shit, she's going to blow. So yeah, get out. that's another reason. <laughs> I think there's a lot better warnings we have in place. And there is there is an evacuation in place in the Bay of Naples in the province. Like they, they yeah, now do just, have a plan. It's just but that's wild a lot to of me. people. It's the same thing I think about with like, like you were saying, like why live where there's so many hurricanes. I always think about that with people who like insist on coastal living, like where it's like, you're in the hurricane, like yeah. hot spot. And it's like, yeah. it's not just a matter. It, it's, it's like, okay, great. You have an evacuation plan, but like, I don't know how your home survives a volcanic explosion. Like that seems like it's just like you might still have your life, but you literally have to start from scratch when you come no, back. No, yeah. Your house is not surviving. And that's the same thing with like we get like epic mudslides in California yeah. and, and like these houses are literally like built on a cliff. I see them and like half the house is on sticks because it's like on a cliff. And I'm like, your house is going to slide off the mountain. Yeah. What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast.
Just why would just you don't move there? You can build your house to maybe survive, like you said, or build a stronger foundation for earthquakes. But man, a volcano, you are fucked. No, yeah. And it's like, let's get let's learn about why you'd be fucked. Yeah, okay. let's learn about what happens so, here. So we know a lot of this information and kind of details of how the day went down because of the Roman author Pliny the Younger. He was the nephew to Pliny the Elder. I love these names. I, I <laughs> is that a joke that. or is that legit? No, that's legit. His name was Pliny the Younger and his uncle was Pliny the Elder. And <laughs> they were across... <laughs> I want to be called Lori the Younger because I'm the youngest in my family. I'm going to start calling my dad Lori the Elder. I'm going to oh, be like, I'm oh, sure yes, he'll Lori love the it. Elder. He'll love it. Ticket yeah. is such a compliment. So he he wrote out the day in two letters. Um, he wrote them 25 years later to a historian. But these two letters that he wrote are huge on, on our insight into what happened there. Um, unfortunately, his uncle, Pliny the Elder, died trying to help evacuate people. So they were across the water. And so... Pliny the Younger is getting a view, you know, of kind of seeing the volcano erupt and everything happening. And his uncle was like, we need to get a boat and go over and help people. And they they didn't make it because mm. you don't go towards a volcano. I appreciate your heroism, sir. You should get a Medal of Honor. That is very brave. But I'm uh, words of advice. If a volcano is going off, don't go towards it. As someone who's never personally seen a volcano erupt, I'm not sure you've traveled a lot. Maybe you have. I've never seen one erupt. I would have been running so fast. But I imagine like if you're at a safe distance and you're able to watch it from like. You're still probably not in a good place. Yeah, I was just like, I feel like it probably looks really cool. That's true. (laughs) I bet. No, it depends what kind of an eruption, you know, like there's like actual footage of, you know, you see the ones in Hawaii with like the slow lava. Yeah. Like that, I think you can watch. I don't know. I'm not a science expert of, of volcanoes. I don't Maybe I'll, well, want to be right up close and personal with it. But, but every time I've looked at like footage, a, it does look pretty. Like, yeah. <laughs> this kind of volcano eruption. I'll have to like do some research on the different names and types of, of eruptions because I'm sure there's there's different. You're going to find your new calling. You're like, I'm going to walk away from acting. I'm going to study volcanoes <laughs> for the rest what, of my yeah, life. Yeah, what is that called? Me- no, it wouldn't be a meteorologist. It's a seismologist. Is it a volcanoologist? I don't know why seismologist keeps jumping into my brain, but I don't think that's correct. (laughs) Whatever. Volcanoologist. I'm sticking to it. Uh, Yeah, that works. Okay, so uh, Pliny the Younger wrote that a great plume of smoke was seen rising from the mountain. He said, its general appearance can be best expressed as being like an umbrella pine, for it rose to a great height on a sort of trunk and then split off into branches. So those are the exact words from Pliny the Younger. So they kind of, you know, the smoke goes up and then makes like a long cloud, which is what we would expect. What what you're laughing? I just googled it. it it's literally called a volcanologist. <laughs> Fuck yeah! Oh my god! Yes, I am the smartest woman alive. <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna be who a studies volcanoes? And the answer was volcanologist. that just made me so happy literally that's the best news i've gotten all day but anyways this is where it kind of gets sad um he heard the um screams of women infants crying people looking through the darkness for lost relatives and people praying many this is another quote from him many besought the aid of the gods but still more imagined there were no gods left and the universe was plunged into eternal darkness forevermore so That's, there's, I'm, we're obviously laughing a lot during this episode. I got very sad doing a lot of this research. That was a, that was a real quick mood change. I know, sorry guys. Laughing about volcanoologist right immediately into he never oh the he just listened to their cries and their praise for help but their denouncement of god <laughs> like i okay. had to keep it real this is a very sad subject so what you, so i, I mean know. I, I know in your brain 
I imagine volcano erupts, lava kills people. But no. like I was gonna say, there has there was other stuff yeah, that happened so, way before that, right? Right. So that's kind of where so. The volcano erupts in the first thing that happens is big, you know, smoke and cloud. That's kind of when everyone realizes something's going off. Obviously, the ground's going to be shaking a bit and everyone's like, what the hell? And then um, there's, a, you know, a lot of accounts. I think Pliny the Younger also said something. I don't have this quote um, written down about it was as if like someone just turned a lamp off. He's like, it wasn't like the sun went down or clouds went over. It was like someone turned the light off. And so it got really dark. So people are having a hard time seeing where they're going, obviously, from the cries of trying to find their loved ones. They can't really see each other. Everyone's in a panic. No one knows what's going on. Um, Then there starts to be kind of flying, flaming rocks flying out in a very dramatic sense. So it's kind of raining a mix of ash and fireballs almost. Those are hitting. So those obviously are going to do a lot of destruction. Um, They hit buildings. And so some people died from buildings collapsing. I think in the bathhouse, they found a bunch of bodies and they, they figured, I think it was a bathhouse, that the roof had collapsed in or, you know, so you get that. Most people think that the cause of death, that the majority of the people, um, is from ash inhalation. That was assumed for a very long time that everyone suffocated to death. And that is not quite true. I'm sure a few people did suffocate. um, Some got trapped, but most died from heat. So there's something called um, pyroclastic surges. And they were ejected when Vesuvius erupted. And it's a mix of hot ash and toxic gas getting thrown out. The pyroclastic surges, there was a six total that happened. So within when those happened um and the hot ash and toxic gas get released the temperatures got up to 570 degrees fahrenheit so So when a temperature is over (laughs) i don't even know what temperature you have to reach to have instant death but when you're getting to over 500 degrees you're killed on the spot that's too fucking hot like you just die immediately and they also it travels incredibly fast the the toxic gas and ash. It's, um, you know, I said Mount Vesuvius is about 10 miles from the town and it is thought that these gases could travel at a hundred miles per hour. So there's nowhere to go. You can't run. It's, it's really tragic and sad. And that's why a lot of the bodies were found the way they were. Now there were a decent amount of people that did escape. I forget what the total body count was because they found, you know, like hundreds of bodies, but the amount of people they assumed to have lived there, they didn't find that many bodies. So people were able to get out. And also they found no boats. When they eventually did discover Pompeii, and that was in 1748 is when they were like, clink, clink, oh shit, what's this? Um, they, they, they saw no boats. So that is another reason to believe that a lot of people did have enough time. You know, maybe mm-hmm. when it was starting to rumble enough and the clouds get dark, the smart ones were like, let's get out of here. Um, unfortunately, by the time a lot of them did kind of have awareness or tried to, uh, like I said, it, they, it was so hot that they couldn't. Um, there was one researcher that said the contorted postures of the bodies that we do see, if you Google Pompeii, the contorted postures are not the effects of long agony, but of the um, cadaveric spasm, a consequence of heat shock on corpses. So it is, you know, some of the poses, everyone thinks everyone's kind of doing these like, Aah! that's my long agony voice um, yeah. of like, you know, heating and, and uh, and it's not, it's actually the bottom body and spasms from the heat is why so, some of them were a bit contorted. So, okay. This was what I thought it was. I was about to ask if this is where people were basically like frozen in time from everything. Mm-hmm. What, what was the thing that caused 
the bodies to essentially be tra- is that from the the lava is that from it was the, the ash. ashes okay. yeah yeah so the ash is what buried the whole town and so the ash is kind of also what um i forget like scientifically how it works that it it really preserved a lot that's why there's still like paintings and yeah. they could get a lot out and the bodies were preserved um they did go back with the bodies and then i i didn't quite understand it was like it, it held the empty space around them. And so they were able to pour plaster in to, to preserve them more. And so now the bodies are actually like plaster filled. It filled in the space that the ash wasn't or something. And that's why now when you go visit Pompeii, or if you can't, you can Google the images and there are bodies, you know, you people in the fetal position. Even, there's people, oh, it, um, you know, crouched down holding themselves. There's dogs, there's pigs. They were able to, there are bones inside of those though. That is a common people think because they're just plaster that there's nothing inside. And if we chip, chip, chip away at those plasters, the human yeah, skeletons I'm, would still. I'm looking at one right now where you see the teeth and you see yeah, at least the upper I saw half those of their in skull. person. Yeah, That's yeah. So they're, they're all in a glass case and they're all now in like kind of, as you walk around Pompeii, there's different areas and they have these glass cases that had those bodies. And they, they, I saw the dog, the pig, and it's, your brain almost doesn't comprehend that, that like that person was alive and had a life here. And because it's so removed, it's like going to see, you know, mummies in a museum and a sarcophagus yeah. and you're like, cool, but it, it, it's strange. It was very strange seeing, seeing them in person. And, um, it is kind of haunting and you're just like, fuck, but yeah, it's sad. And and because, you know, some of their poses that would be kind of more like, oh, shit, like they did have those. And that, that is because it just happened so quickly and there wasn't enough response time, especially when the heat got to the temperatures it didn't and it was just done. And then once obviously they're dead and then the ash comes in and, and covers everything. So, is yeah. This, like, would, would Pompeii, would Pompeii be considered the worst casualties of a volcano eruption or has there That's been a really since? good question i know it was considered let's google that that's a really great question Matt. Uh, around 2000 people died in pompeii and 300 are known to have died in herculaneum however the entire death toll could have been around 16,000. it i don't think they even have an actual count Gotcha. That's probably what least, it is then. Yeah, but the eruption killed as many as 16,000 overall. Like, it's just, it's kind of that, like, gray area. Um, I know that they, I think it was in Herculaneum. So Herculaneum is a, a town nearby, and they got more covered in, like, kind of a mud ash. They they were, it was preserved very different. It wasn't preserved as well as Pompeii. And they had a little more of a warning time because they were further, but then I think they got hit first in a weird way. It was like, had they taken the warning sign first, a lot of people did get out, but then once they were screwed, they were screwed. I think it was Herculaneum that they found in a um, boathouse when they finally kind of undug and discovered it. There was like 300 skeletons crouched together and all entangled in the boathouse. And obviously they were trying to run and that was the closest shelter they could get. And a bunch of people went in there hoping to seek refugee refuge from this horrible volcano. And it's really sad to think, you know, they were probably holding each other and uh, well, it's so also, terrible. It's also one of those things where it's wild to think about, like, here's, here's the thoughts that run through my head, right? Is mm-hmm. like, there was no major form of communication. So like you said, no one knew right. what this thing was, knew what this volcano was. So also in my brain, it's like, was this the first volcanic eruption that, 
humans had ever seen or or are there still lost buried cities out there that happened pre Pompeii that we just haven't yet discovered? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, and I don't think that there's an answer to that. It's more just one of those like if you were a stoner sitting in a car at like two in the morning <laughs> thinking about <laughs> but like I feel like the conversation of Pompeii unlocks a lot of other dialogue. Okay, well, here's it is not the most deadly. Um, the deadliest, the most deadliest volcanic eruption in human history is Mount Tambora. In 1815, Mount Tambora erupted on Sumbawa, an island of modern day Indonesia. Historians regard it as the volcano eruption with the deadliest known direct impact. Roughly 100,000 people died in the immediate Jesus aftermath. Christ. Don't live by volcanoes, people. It's yeah. really, really dangerous. I'm really concerned for all of your lives. Yes. I am literally on a flight in two days to Hawaii. To yeah, Volcano so have City, fun with so that. <laughs> I'm going to Oahu, and that's Mountain uh, Diamond Head, and that is an inactive volcano. So my, I mean, my version of volcanoes, how I like to imagine them, is through that delightful Pixar short where it's just a volcano <gasps> oh, looking for love. That one. <laughs> I have a dream. Oh my god, that one like makes me cry every time. <laughs> I love you. Um, yeah. So. Obviously, we're talking about like some terrible shit right now, and it's really sad. And my first thought being, Kelsey, I was like, why the hell has there not been a disaster movie? And there has been. Yeah, in 2014. I know, because I was like, how could like, and I was like, look at Titanic. They made a disaster movie off of that, and it became a masterpiece. And I guess there was one in 2014, and I'm, I can't believe I haven't seen it. And I, I'm like, when did this happen? Like, I don't remember previews. I don't remember Emily Browning is in it, and I absolutely adore her. I think she's just a Kit great Harrington, actress. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah Kit Harrington. I know. I was like, oh. Keith like, Sutherland? A, well, this it, is a Yeah, <laughs> it's a cast of, like, beautiful people. And I was like, I need to see them in Pompeii. But part of me doesn't want to watch it because I'm like – it's like every time you watch Titanic, you're like, do I really want to watch a bunch of people freeze to death? Like – uh, I'm going to put Singing in the Rain on instead. Yeah, um, I mean, it. let's see, it it opened third against Lego Movie. And, oh, uh, that's tough. Lego Movie was really good. And had a gentleman's 27% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, I was like, I feel like it wouldn't have done that. <laughs> Otherwise, we would have, if it did well, we would have heard about it. Because I was, yeah, like my first thought, I was like, we need to make this movie ASAP. Like, I need to be a part of this like brilliant and then i was like oh it already happened didn't do well never mind when when kit harrington uh was the host of snl he remarked that the movie was more of a disaster than the event that it was based on oh that's funny <laughs> okay i kind of need to see this film i think i'm gonna watch it speaking of not disaster films um my one last note that i didn't get to say and it <laughs> couldn't be more of a twist again of a lighter note um the people that were found so they did ct scans of the bodies oh, no. that were and they all had really good teeth i mean everyone i has, was everyone in Pompeii has lie. good teeth looking at these corpses i was shocked by how no, good yeah, the teeth it, were on them. It, it was a reflection of their diet they had like little to no sugar in their diet and it was you know a classic mediterranean diet but filled with like really fresh agriculture and and that that med med diet life their teeth were amazing so i yeah. think we should all go on a pompeii diet yeah Get away from sugars, get those, people. Get those chompers good. <laughs> I think there was something I read that when they did a CT scan of a kid that they were like, a lot of the kids had syphilis. And I was like, cool. <laughs> Love it. Don't even want to ask any other questions. <laughs> we'll, and we'll on just... that note. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, 
So every time I hear Pompeii, um, obviously we've talked about, I think about the Bush Gardens ride, mm-hmm. but in the last decade, the song Pompeii, I've also thought about the Bastille <laughs> song Pompeii. And I, I have to admit, I really I like that song. I do too. <laughs> it's a great song. I know I kept like looking up stuff and it'd be like music video. And I'm like, oh, it's a great video. But no, more and more. Like I had to be specific with my Google searches because I forgot that was going to be one of the first thing that pops up. But I guess I never realized that the lyrics are actually about Pompeii. Like, Wait, really? Yeah. So it says like, or, or at least using it as like a, a metaphor. A to- metaphor, Because the lyrics are, I was left to my own devices. Many days fell away with nothing to show. But then the walls came tumbling down in a city that we love. Gray clouds rolled over the hills, bringing darkness from above. But if you close but your eyes, you close, close your, your eyes, eyes ayo, 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 you almost ayo, feel like ayo, nothing changes at all. <laughs> like, I wish people could see our video right now because we are both so having good. like a full on. How am I going to be party? an optimist about this? But yeah, oh. like, and then the next oh, line, it so says good. like, we were caught up and lost in our own vices and in our pose as the dust settled around us. Like he is describing Pompeii. Yeah, great clouds roll over the hill. You said that, but yeah. God, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I I never huh. pieced together that like I was like, oh, he just named it Pompeii for whatever reason, but it's like, no, he's literally Where do describing we the rubble or our sins. Yeah, oh. like like he's that's literally so just describing. Mm-hmm. I guess he's that's using why it's Pompeii. called. That's why it's Pompeii. called Pompeii. Yeah, I, I was literally Pompeii is never said once in the song. No, but I I. It makes me like that song even more now. <laughs> yeah, I do. Do you think the original lyrics, instead of like, ayo, ayo, were like, Pompeo, ayo, Pompeo, ayo, and they were like, you gotta change this. Yeah. The producer Drop was like, look, this is, a, this is a sick track. The beat is fire, but you gotta, gotta take out the Pompeos. It's like, fine, ayo. So this yes. is gonna be probably the furthest we've ever gone from the original topic into my question that I'm pitching to you. But the, the song Pompeii is one of those songs that I will just be like minding my own business in life. And, and then, then out of nowhere, everything. I'm just like, but if you close your <laughs> eyes. So like, what is a song oh my God. Oh, that kind of lives rent free in, your, in brain. your brain to the point that you it's just like, like it explodes like, out of we'll you. Out randomly, of we'll just, yeah. It's yeah. like um, in the movie Inside Out when she's just sitting, she's like, travel that, come back. Ah! Like, yeah. <laughs> like literally every day I am like, we'll be in the grocery store and just go off on it. Oh, I believe in a thing called love. Just <laughs> Always. I believe. Like I will be sitting in silent and people will be around and just like, I believe in a thing called love. They're like, Kelsey, stop. Yeah. I can't. It just lives like somewhere on the front right side of my brain, I'm going to say. And I'm just... But it's the so first moment is like there's now. Just, there's just those certain songs. And then there's the ones where it's just like they'll make like a week stay in your brain and then they're like gone. Oh, yeah. I have ones that last for like a week or so or like my sister will get one and then she'll be like, oh, man, Cam and I, Cam's her husband. She'll be like, we couldn't like they had for the longest time. The song that sat with both of them was uh I paid my, uh, I knew my rent was going to be wait about a week ago. I worked my ass off and then away, whatever that. Yeah. And then she told me that. And then for the next week, I'd be sitting like writing and be like, I knew my rent was going to be like, fuck. And I would like text her and be like, I hate you. I hate you so much. And she's like, ha Like my, so- my random one last week was, um, I can't remember the name of the song, but it was a Van Halen song. But it was the one that was like, Ooh, baby, baby. <laughs> but like, that's all I oh, yeah, remember. It's, a, um, it's the night away. 
Dance, dance the night but I did, away. It was literally just yeah. the ooh baby baby part would just keep Sometimes looping in my happen brain. we're just, yeah, just like a, a tagline of a song will get stuck. It just Wild. gets stuck right there. It is crazy. It's crazy how the brain like holds on to those and, and it'll just randomly trigger. I, and I guarantee you for the rest of the day today, I'm going to be sitting and just be, ayo, ayo, like, because it got mentioned. <laughs> now it's like, my brain's like, mwahaha. Yeah, mwahaha. She'll, see, she'll be laughing later. <laughs> yeah, just twirling its mustache. But yeah. let us know what songs you sometimes get just lodged yes, in your brain. I want to know, because then when I'll read them, they'll be lodged into my brain, because that's how my brain likes to work. Where, um, where's the best places for them to let us know that information? Let us know those songs on Instagram. You can find us at beforemytime underscore podcast or on Facebook, just search Before My Time Podcast. We'll pop up. Let us know there. There's a fun little community and group chat going on there, so we all want to hear those songs. Also, while you're here, just give us a little a little review. Just You don't even have to write anything. Just click, click the five star. Helps us out a lot. And I will sing a glorious five star song, and then maybe I can share that and get that stuck in all of your heads. Something like that. I don't know. We appreciate you all so much for listening and supporting us. And we hope you're back next week for more Before My Time. Bye. What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.